Hi, I'm Darnell Washington. I'm the Senior Training Advisor with the National Cryptologic Foundation. And I'm here today with Laura Nelson, the President and CEO of the National Cryptologic Foundation. Uh, Laura, how are you doing today? I am doing just great. Well, you know, there's this thing that we usually start with, which is called the Fast Five. You know, just a quick way that we can maybe get to know you a little bit and let the audience get to know you. Well, the first one that we have is of the open source tools and free applications that are available in the market, what do you think are the ones that you believe are the most valuable? Well, for me personally, it's photos. I love the fact that I can use my phone to take photos of family, pictures of scenery, dogs, whatever, but also that I can share them amongst all of our family. And um, But I keep it to trusted people. I only share with people I know. I don't share them publicly, or if I do share it, it's very select few. Well, you know, we're with the CryptoLogic Foundation. In going along with your data and keeping things to yourself, what kind of things, at, like with friends and family, you know, like on a friend's device, what kind of a setting or what kind of application would you tell them to either make sure it's turned on or turned off? Well, we can stop with start with AirDrop. AirDrop's really convenient, right? So it's a great way to share information and photos. But if you leave it on all the time, that means somebody else is going to share, you're going to share that information with somebody else. So I would say turn off AirDrop. Mm -hmm. Turn mm -hmm. it on when you need it. But for the most part, leave it off. Tell me about location tracking. Oh, location tracking. Now, I know a lot of people get really nervous about this, but I have to be honest, we do use family for our family location tracking. <laughs> it's really important for me to know, you know, where are my kids? Um, they're adults, but we all share with each other. And more than that, it's for my elderly parents, knowing, you know, if they're out and about where they are, if I can, you know, find them. So you want to, you can have location services, but only share it for those instances where you really need it and with people you do trust. Got it. So what about the things as far as like applications that you think that people shouldn't have installed in their computers? Oh, it's always a favorite. You probably hear it all the time. TikTok. Why TikTok? That TikTok. used to be one of my favorites too. I know. And I know TikTok's really popular, but it's owned and operated by the Chinese government. And, you know, you're on TikTok and they're tracking you. They're knowing what you're up to. They're, trust me, they're following you. It's just not that necessary. I would avoid it. What was the one thing that you wish you knew before you started in your career field? One thing that I learned was I knew I was entering a male-dominated field. What I didn't understand was how that would change my own behaviors and how I would have to adapt to that. And for me and for many women, it's about finding your voice when you're working with, you know, a, a, a lot of men who want to voice their opinion, you can't be shy and retiring and sit back in the corner and think that they know best because sometimes you have more to share and have more to know more about it, about what we're talking about than they do. And you got to be able to stand up and say what you, what you, you know, put your input into the conversation. And the other thing I would add to that though, if, if there was one more thing I could add about sure. important things you learn is about having a mentor. Yes. Mentors are really important and really can provide you with some guidance and some balance. Um, if you have, you know, it can't just be somebody who's in your chain of command wherever you work, but have somebody you can talk to, talk, you know, bounce options off of them, um, maybe help connect you with the right people. So that's yeah. the other part that's really important. And I wish I would have known that earlier. But now that you have achieved your position, then what's the most valuable skill that you learned by being involved in technology. So I have to say, you're gonna laugh about this. I have, an, I have a degree in electrical engineering. I took all the hard courses. I took all the engineering courses. I had to do all that. 
the one thing I use every single day of my life is that typing course I took in high school, <laughs> learning how to actually use a keyboard properly. And why is that so important? Because it made me much, much, um, it made me able to code faster, able to write faster, able to do everything at speed. So I know it's a silly thing, but that's a, just a fundamental skill that I thought was important. I think the other skill that I learned, I meant got a you know, technical degree, learning, I took a technical writing course in college, and that was incredible, incredibly valuable. Taught me how to be succinct in, in my writing, told me what you're, use words to use and words to not use to describe, you know, whatever it is your topic is. So I think that technical writing course was, you know, incredibly helpful. And technical writing is a whole different language style than someone who's trying right. to write a script for a play or right. essay or, or anything like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, now that we finished the fast five, right? Yes. So the first thing I wanted to know is, you know, from your perspective of the National Cryptologic Foundation, what does data privacy mean? And what are the resources that the National Cryptologic Foundation provides? So we talk a lot about um, data care. Okay. Data care is something where we, when we think about, you know, you know, you have your health care. Well, how do you take care of your data? And your data is things that are important to you, whether it's about your personal information or just other, other things that you want to keep private. So you have to really think about how you operate in a secure environment, online environment, how you can protect that data so that you know it's safe, right? Mm -hmm. I want to know my health, you know, I want to go to the doctor, know I'm healthy and everything's safe. But I also want to know my data is out there and it's allowed to be out there, but it's also very well protected. Right. So that to me is really critical. We know that there's a lot of laws and regulations out there, but I think the one thing that a lot of people are thinking about now is that we all have to take more accountability for our own data privacy and not just to put our information out there everywhere, you know? That is correct. Well, you are responsible for your data. <laughs> absolutely. And your digital footprint, your dig whatever that looks like. Well, I know certain people, they use their same password for like their every account that they have on their social media. So we know yeah. that that's a good way to undo your data privacy, yes. right? Yeah. Very use the password app. That, that's one way to do it. That's right. <laughs> well, I wanted to go back to the point where you were talking about mentorship. Yes. And, you know, I think that that's very, very important to me as well. But can you share with us the importance of having a mentor and what those benefits are and how that's helped you and provided to your development? Yeah. So, you know, early in my career, I didn't have a mentor. Um, and I was working for somebody who said, you need to find somebody to do this for you. You need to have somebody in your in your career. And I said, well, I have criteria for my mentor. I want I want my mentor to be a woman. I wanted I wanted to be a woman with kids, raising a family, and have work life balance. So he sought out to see if he could find that person. We found somebody, and she quit shortly required shortly after that. I don't think it was because of me, but she retired shortly after that. Mm -hmm. So that was a complete failure on finding a mentor. So I ended up finding one on my own just because I was working on a project, and I became. Um, worked with somebody, Ron Moultrie, who is now the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. That's a and mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. <laughs> but I started working with him. And then you know, without ever asking him to be my mentor, he kind of became my mentor just because along the path, you know, he encouraged me to do it, you know, take a job down at the CIA. He asked me, you know, and it took a lot of encouragement because that's a long drive to the CIA. So he started finding opportunities for me to, you know, to do some fun and exciting jobs. Um, but also, even though, you know, when I wasn't necessarily working with him, I could go back to him and say, hey, 
I'm, I'm thinking I need a change or what do you think about this? What are your thoughts on going this direction? And he's been there for me all along. And so having, having somebody not like me, and he wasn't under any of those criteria that I'd set for myself. So nothing, not like me, but we became, we became friends. And to this day, I mean, I still reach out to him and he's still, I still consider him to be my mentor, even though, you know, I'm long in my career. Well, no, I think that as far as with people and mentors, they can come in, like you said before, all weight, shapes, colors, and sizes, and might not even be the person that you intended to be originally, Right. but it all works out. So as far as the value that your mentor instilled in you, who was the highest quality or the character trait that their mentor emphasized for you? I think he, above everything, emphasized integrity. Um, there may be situations where you have decisions to make. You can take the easy path or you can take the right path. And it was always about taking the right path. And sometimes that's not always beneficial to wouldn't always be beneficial to myself, but doing what's right and doing what's right for your people that are working in your in your staff, that you have to be able to always have that level of integrity so that people, you know, people respect that. So you have to get the respect, not only of your the people in your staff, but also your peers. Mm -hmm. And having that respect goes such a long way and and in success and being successful. establishing and building trust i think that that's a good part of right. what the integrity process is also absolutely okay so now let's go back to the point about your position in your role here at the national cryptologic foundation what are the initiatives and the projects that you're most excited to what really gets your blood flowing you know and how do you envision these initiatives will make an impact on a community so we have four main mission areas that we talk about educate engage, develop, commemorate. I'll kind of talk a little bit about each one. So under Educate, we um, we have a podcast series. Maybe it's this one. This is one of our many. Cyber, our Cyber Chats podcast series. There'll be many series. more to come as well. And that's something that I think we're really excited about because we can reach youth across the nation. It's a very easy way to do that. You know, you don't have to be present in their, in their physical school, but this just gives us the opportunity to bring in, you know, experts, um, young and old into the to to get the message out about you know the cryptologic career field about cybersecurity. So that's number one. Number two, and this would be under educator and development. We are developing a course on cybersecurity through the lens of cryptology, and that's something that I think is a really niche area that this foundation can do. It's in the works right now. We're working with our partners at the National Security Agency to take a look at what we have and help us develop it further, but I, that's something in a, coming soon to a theater near you that we're really excited about. The next initiative is what we call Convening to Act, and this is where we serve as a platform for um, to, to help the National Security Agency in their messaging and helping to get some items of, you know, areas of national security interest out in the public. So we work with NSA and industry and other government agencies and academia and take on tough topics of interest. Um, you know, I guess one that we, we're working right now is on quantum resistant cryptography. We are having our second in a series next month. And so this is, this, this is something that is new for us, but I think can really um, spread the word about um, what, you know, what these areas of national security interest are. And then Finally, it's supporting the heritage of, our, of the cryptologic mission, whether it's supporting the museum or celebrating our, our cryptologic heroes. That's the other part that we're excited about. 
Well, you forgot about the cyber feud, Laura. Oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. <laughs> it's right. with our host, Darnell Steve Harvey Washington. I'm the, the host <laughs> of an event that we sponsored called Cyber Feud, where we get the local high schools to compete. And just basically to let people know that cybersecurity isn't just about coding or breaking or cracking a code. It's like one of the main questions is, what's the first thing that you do if someone hacks into your computer? And cry is the number one answer. Oh, yeah, of course so it's it is. just a way to let you know that even though <laughs> cyber and the world of cybersecurity is complex, it, there is a moment that you know people can yeah. engage. And that there's several positions and jobs that you don't have to be in the role of a programmer or a coder to be in the area of cybersecurity. Very true. Right. So the other part that we have is, you know, by being able to be a trailblazer and as a woman in a technical field, you know, it's kind of inspiring to me. I definitely want to see a lot more diversity and inclusion. But what advice do you have for high school students and even college students, let's just say young adults, right? Especially among young women that are going to go into a possible career and to pursue a career in cybersecurity, cryptography, mm-hmm. and in this kinds of field, what would you have that would encourage or that you would have as advice for these people? And we talked about mentorship. Mm-hmm. You can have a mentor in high school, starting mm-hmm. in high school. So maybe find somebody in the career field mm-hmm. to talk to and to um, give some advice and maybe, you know, you know, outline some paths to get into the career field, mm-hmm. whether it's going to college, whether it's going to a more non a non-traditional path through training programs. So that's one. Mentoring is one. But for high school students, I've always been an advocate. Take the hard courses. If you want to go into these fields, take those hard math and science courses and don't always be worried about getting the A. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think sometimes people are afraid of taking the hard courses. Well, I may not get an A. Okay, that's fine. But you might learn a lot. And then um, you build a strong foundation for whatever your next step might be. If Whether it's going to college and now you have to take the really, really hard math and science courses, or if it's going into a training program that gets you right into the career field, a more non-traditional you know, path to cybersecurity, then you have the fundamentals in place. So it's really important to do that. I've been able to dispel all the rumors about that men are smarter than math and women are better at that men are better than coding and women can't do that. I've seen just the diversity of women who've been in the technical field that have been very, very proficient. And I've been, you know, very impressed by the area that women have been able to accomplish a position in a male dominated field. So I think that that's a great thing. So, you know, the next topic is kind of like, uh, a big topic because everyone talks about security and cybersecurity in the world and how our lights can go out and how our way of life can be impacted by cybersecurity. But what guidance would you give to the uh, future generations in respect to data care? And it's not just the kids, but now I even know that adults and senior citizens are now impacted by data care and privacy and the evolution of technology. So when we start talking about things like artificial intelligence and AI and those things, uh, what is your perspective on the resources that the National Cryptologic Foundation has available to help people and some of the programs and even the booklets that we may have? Yeah, so first of all, you know, these new technologies that come out, they are both um, something that will enhance our way of lives, life, right? They, you know, think of what they can do for medicine and for science and for all that, but also 
with each of them, there's danger, right? They offer, you know, they offer some things that are maybe, you know, that you have to be wary of. So when you're thinking about, you know, just think of artificial intelligence, how do you know the difference between what's real and what's not real? And, you know, just having to, you know, as you're, as you're growing up, thinking about being able to tell the difference, being able also to take care of your data again, <laughs> and that understand what you need to do to take care of your data so that you aren't exploited through some of these technologies as we, uh, as we move forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so at the foundation, we're really excited because we have several books that are really helpful for, for these topics. So the first one we have is Outsmart Cyber Threats, and that's for the students out there, middle to high school students. It's going to teach you all about data care and how to take care of your information and what steps you need to take. And for the adults and parents out there listening, we have the Cyber Safe and Savvy booklet, which teaches you as an adult what you need to do to be safe in the environment. Mm -hmm. So we have these are available online or we can we have hard copies. And I can see the differences about the cyber safe for adults where they might be more inclined to credit card theft and scamming and things oh, like yes. that. Where yeah. the kids might be more of dealing with privacy. Correct. And social yeah. media is one of the big things that you know a lot of kids are looking at as far as how they push public information. And I think one of the things that a lot of people who are young adults don't know is that once you take a picture and you upload it to the internet it's there almost perpetually yes it is even though you yes. think you deleted it's there that's right it's there think about that think about what you're doing now you know what is what are you doing now what are you what are you putting out through your social app, social media apps and just think about you know how will that look in 10 years yeah when somebody decides oh i found a picture of this guy you know doing this, and now you're trying to run for Congress, whatever. <laughs> well, well, but that brings up another point. You know, uh, as being the president and CEO of the National Cryptologic Foundation, a lot of things that they talk about that you've talked about, about mentorship, you've talked about integrity, you've talked about responsibility. One of the things that uh, I know that is very important that I really don't think that people are paying attention to is that when people are going for these kind of positions like to work at the National Security Agency and the other areas, especially within what's called the intelligence community, yeah. is that your behavior and your integrity and your character means a lot about That's, career pursuits. Can you maybe say a word about what yeah. the capabilities or the requirements for people have clean backgrounds, yeah. don't do drugs, yeah. Yeah. don't do bad things of how those right. could be adverse to your career? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to get a job in these areas, and it, it may not just be for intelligence careers or national security, even for industry. Right? They care about a lot of this, too. They probably don't go as far in depth as the others. But, yeah, you have to live a clean life. You have to, you know, no illegal drug use. That's, a, you know, that's a big one. Another one that many people don't, you know, young people don't think about is, you know, downloading that information that, you know, that was was proprietary information, breaking the law, right? And so hacking that- Hacking is illegal. Uh, hacking. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you it's know- not only, It's not cool unless <laughs> you're doing it under specific right. authorized express written consent for those right. people that you're- Testing their security systems again. Correct. Yeah. So pirating information, that's that's illegal. And I think people trip up on that. So as you, you know, as a as a young person thinking about these careers, really think about, you know, who are you hanging out with? What are you doing? What are you doing on the weekends? What are you doing, you know, after hours? You know, just think about, you know, what's the life you want 
what's the life you're leading now and what do you want that to look like in the future? Mm -hmm. And one can really have an impact on the other. Yeah. And I think that maybe, um, you know, do you have any other comments? One of the things that maybe I'd like to think about is they used to talk about bootlegging software and all of these things. I think that understanding and the mission of being able to be cyber safe is also to protect your own intellectual property, essays that you might produce, music that you may create, all the data safe and all the data privacy is about protecting yourself and the things that you create while you're online. That's absolutely true. So you want to make sure that you have data care in place and put those protections in place so that others can't go and take your data and your intellectual property. Well, we're coming up pretty close to the end of the session, Laura. What other like final words or comments that we didn't cover? You know, it doesn't even have to be on topic, but anything that you might want the audience who'd be listening to this, what would you want them to know? Well, there are hundreds, several hundreds of thousands of jobs in cybersecurity, cybersecurity alone. Um, the opportunities are endless. And it's not just, you know, sitting over a keyboard in a dark room with a hoodie, you know. It, there are a lot of opportunities that are not that are not that. And you can find a fulfilling, high-paying job in these areas. And you can explore a lot of different, you know, parts of parts of that metaverse, right? And uh and uh And so I think, you know, jump at the opportunity, explore it at least, at least talk to somebody, at least look into the possibilities there that are there for you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. We're here with Laura Nelson, the president and CEO of the National Cryptologic Foundation. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. It was a pleasure, Darnell. Very good. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at NCF Cyber and sign up for updates on our website to get news about when episodes drop, when challenges open and close, and submit your original questions for our guests. What are you waiting for? Visit CryptologicFoundation.org forward slash podcast. Subscribe to Cyber Chats on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to our sponsor, the Chilton Foundation, and our challenges sponsor, MetaCTF. This is a production of the National Cryptologic Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization.